started tonight. Uh, that's completely not even what we're talking about. Um, but we're going to get started tonight. Open your Bibles with me to John uh, chapter 1. Uh, and we're going to be in John chapter 1. And I promise you guys this. I promise you, and I can promise this because I know for sure we're going to do it. We're going to get all the way through John chapter 1 tonight. And everyone say, what? We've been in John chapter 1 for six weeks. We're going to finish it tonight. Yeah, I have, we're in verse, we're going to pick up in verse 19, and we're going all the way through verse 51 tonight. Yeah, John chapter 1, verse 19. Who does not have a Bible? Who does not have a Bible? Who needs to use a Bible tonight? Everyone got their Bibles? Ah, there we go. There you go. Tear that Bible to pieces. Uh, not, not literally. That's that's a figurative way of saying read it. Um, yeah, you got to be careful what you say from the pulpit. You tell people to tear Bibles to pieces. Um, don't tear the Bible to pieces. Um, but yeah, like Bo said, we're in our series. I saw the light. Uh, the Gospel according to John. This is week six. The title of the message, if you're taking notes, which I would encourage you guys to do, uh, the title of this week's message is Come and See. It's all about evangelism. And if any of you guys have ever wanted to learn more about evangelism, then tonight is for you. Uh, last week we heard a phenomenal message uh, from uh, our lead pastor, Pastor Dave. Uh, how many of you guys enjoyed uh, the message from Pastor Dave last week? Let me know. And let him know. He's not going to hear it here, but we're recording it. So let the recording know so Pastor Dave can hear how much you guys uh, enjoyed his message last week. You hear that? Awesome. That's good. No, yeah, it was really good. Uh, and, and there was just a lot of really cool things. If you weren't here last week, uh, you truly, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, you legitimately missed out. It was a phenomenal word, uh, and it was just really encouraging. Uh, it was encouraging on more ways than one. One that I don't actually preach as long as I thought I do, because uh, he had us here till nine o'clock, and he was still preaching, uh, which was awesome. And then we had an altar call, and, and I know for me, uh, as I hope and would believe for with you guys, the altar call really rocked your lives, and the Holy Spirit did some pretty cool things, and so uh, just really exciting what God's doing. Uh, and so, Pastor Dave really talked about. Uh, uh, how Jesus uh, is God and how he is being magnified through his word uh, and how his word is just perfect and how we have two natures and we need to magnify and glorify Jesus uh, with our lives and with our bodies. And so that really was piggybacking off of John chapter 1. Uh, but now we're really going to dive in because we have a lot of room to cover tonight. So read with me, if you will, or follow along with me, if you will. Uh, John chapter 1. Verse 19. Bear with me as I read uh, all these verses. There's a lot of verses. Okay, that's what it says. Now this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but he confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. They said, Are you the prophet? And he answered them, No. Then they said to him, Who are you? that we may give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? And he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah has said. Now those, were sent, uh, those who were sent were from the Pharisees, and they asked him, saying, Why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ? nor if you are not Elijah, nor if you are not the prophet. And John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there stands one among you whom you 
do not know, and he is the one who is coming after me, and he is preferred before me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. And these things were done in Betharba, beyond the Jordan, where John was baptizing. Then the next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him. That should be kind of a cool thing. Uh, I mean, that, that'd be pretty cool if you saw Jesus coming towards you. That'd be pretty sweet. Uh, but let me pick right back up. Uh, that was just completely off topic. Uh, and behold, uh, and, and John said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of our world. This is he whom I said, After me comes a man who is preferred before me. For he was before me. And I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore I came baptizing with water. And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. And I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. Again, the next day, John stood with two of his disciples, and looking at Jesus... As he walked, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned, and seeing them following, said unto them, What do you seek? And they said to him, Rabbi, which is to say, when translated, teacher, Where are you staying? And he said to them, Come and see. And they came and saw where he was staying, and remained with him that day. Now it was about the tenth hour. One of the two heard John speak, and followed him. Uh, and this man's name was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. And he first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And now when Jesus looked at him, he said, You are Simon, the son of Jonah, and you shall be called Cephas, which is translated a stone. Verse 43. The following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip. And said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. And Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him, and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. And Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? And Jesus answered and said, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. And Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, and you are the King of Israel. And Jesus said to him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, is this why you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, Hereafter you shall see heaven open up, and the angel of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Dear Jesus, I just pray that tonight, uh, God, as we spend the next few moments, uh, God, going through verse by verse your word, uh, breaking down what your word has to say. God, I pray that each and every single one of us, uh, God, uh, hearing your word, and reading your word, God, I pray that each and every single one of us will be built up in our most holy faith. Your word tells us that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And so, God, we just pray that our faith will be built, and we will be stronger in you as a result of your word. 
Uh, God, we pray not only that, but that your word would inspire us and your word would encourage us. And God, that your word would challenge us. We pray that we would not uh, leave here the same as we came, but God, we would leave challenged by your word, challenged to live more like you and to live more for you. God, may we take the examples of those uh, who we read about in your word. God, may we apply those to our lives. God, I just pray that none of these would be my words, but God, that you would speak through me. Uh, God, so I just lay myself aside and I humble myself aside and say, God, if there be anything that is of me or of this world, uh, God, may I not be able to get it out of my mouth. And if I do, God, may I fall on deaf ears. Uh, God, so we thank you and we praise you. In your son's wonderful and beautiful name, Jesus Christ, and all God's people said, Amen. 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 So we're going to, yes? So what's the deal with the fig tree? Okay. Is there a backstory to that? There is a backstory. Okay. Uh, so, so for those of you who didn't hear, Dan asked, what's the deal with the fig tree? Um, and there is a big backstory to it. And we're going to get Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to get to it 740. I'm probably going to get to it by about 805. Alright, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I have to get to it because it's like, it's, it's the whole reason why the title's coming soon. So, so it's, it's there. It's there. Uh, but we're going to go verse by verse. And, um, so back all the way in verse 19. Um, and really, in the, kind of the verses 19, through really about 34, we're going to kind of like break them in chunks, because um, we can break them down in chunks, I think, really well, rather than just going like each and every single word. Uh, so this is what it says in verse 19, it says, now this is the testimony of John. Now who is this John? Right after I said we're going to do a few verses, I don't even get through one. Uh, who is this John we're talking about? Yeah, John the Baptist. It's not John the author of the Gospel of John. This is John the Baptist, who John is telling him to uh, telling us about. And it says this. Now, this is the testimony of John. Another thing I have to just mention on this: um, whenever the Bible says, "Now this is a blank," you can be expecting the next few verses, or until you hear otherwise, is going to be what that said. So it says, "Now this is the testimony of John." So what can we be expecting in the next few verses? There you go, the testimony of John. Good, we're becoming great Bible students. It says this, When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? John confessed, and he did not deny, but he confessed. And the Bible makes a really good point here. He confesses. uh, It's not that he denies. He doesn't just stay up there and deny that he's Christ. Uh, because there's a difference between, between confessing I'm not Christ and then denying I'm not Christ. You guys know what that difference might be. If someone's denying they're not Christ, it means they could actually be Christ. They're just denying that they're not. But by confessing I am not the Christ, he's making it a public declaration with all assurance I am not the Christ. So it's the same way how we could say, well, I'm not sinning. Which is, or I'm not of this world, which would be denying I'm not of this world. But when we make a confession of our faith, I am not of this world. I'm following Jesus. You guys see the difference? One, you can be loosey-goosey, but the other one is a solid in stone. Okay, so he confessed that I am not the Christ. And they said to him, what then are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. Uh, So what the Pharisees which we don't know they're the Pharisees yet. It says the Jews who sent the priests. But we find out a few verses later that they're the Pharisees. What the Pharisees want to know is they want to know who this guy John is. Does anyone know anything about John the Baptist? Raise your hand if you've ever heard anything about John the Baptist before. You've all heard that he baptizes people, right? Okay, it's in his name. 
Um, and so John the Baptist was a dude. Uh, we know uh, from the other Gospels that he was Jesus's cousin. Okay, uh, whose whose mother was. No, not Mary. Elizabeth. What was his dad's name? Anyone know? Starts with the Z. Ends with the Achariah. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. And there's a really cool story about how John the Baptist is born and, and, and all the stuff there. Really, really cool stuff. Well, what John is, 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 is John, just like any other Jewish boy, gets brought up in the Jewish rabbinical school, and he's kind of a teacher, and he's kind of a good teacher. Uh, but uh, John the Baptist was a part of a group uh, that were called the Zealots. They were uh, they were pretty intense. They were like, "This is the kingdom of God. It's coming. It's quick. It's coming soon. It's coming soon." And so what John did was he kind of broke the tradition. How many of you guys think it's okay to break tradition? Okay, I think it's okay to break tradition. Uh, also, you guys all wearing the clothes you're wearing right now. We broke tradition. It used to be that in America you only used to go to church in a suit and tie. Amen. Uh, which amen to suit and tie. Amen coming from the guy wearing the tank top. That's awesome. I love it. Uh, but John broke tradition. And uh, and he didn't wear all the cool rabbi garbs. Uh, everyone say garbs. That's a cool word. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't wearing the cool rabbi garbs. What does the Bible tell us that he wore? Robes. No, not robes. Camel skin. Yeah, camel skin. The dude, skin camel. Not candles. Skin camels wore their skin. Uh, he didn't eat the traditional Jewish meals. He ate locusts. Uh, he had nappy hair, I'm sure. I mean, this is like the first hippie, okay? Uh, like, picture John the Baptist, like, just kicking it in Eugene, and he'd probably fit in, okay? Anyone ever been to Eugene before? Yeah, there's some hippies in Eugene, okay? Uh, and so John the Baptist got his dreadlocks, got his camel skin, chewing on a locust, and uh, this is what he did. He just kind of wandered around the wilderness teaching about the kingdom of God, which was soon forthcoming, and he would baptize people. And he had amassed a very big following. And so the reason why the Pharisees were like, who is this dude? is because they wanted to know, is this the Christ? Is this the one who was prophesied about? And he very much, like it says here in verse 20, he confessed that he was not the Christ. And he also confessed, I'm not Elijah, I'm not the prophet. And then he said, uh, and then the Pharisees then asked him again, uh, well, who are you? Because we need to know who you are. Pharisees sent us here to find out who you are, so tell me who you are. And then John the Baptist does what I want to encourage each and every single one of us to do. When someone asks you something, maybe they ask you something about your faith, uh, rather than trying to find the right words to say, quote scripture, which is a good encouragement for each and every single one of us. In order to quote scripture, you've got to know scripture. In order to know Scripture, you got to study Scripture. In order for you to study Scripture, that probably means you're reading Scripture. Okay? Uh, so good encouragement to you guys. Read your Bibles. Read your Bibles. And memorize Scripture because it's useful. What did Jesus do when Satan himself came and tempted Jesus? He quoted Scripture. And it is imperative for us to quote Scripture. So when these Pharisees come and they ask uh, John the Baptist who he is, he says, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. Bonus points for anyone who knows what he is quoting. Alright, he's quoting Isaiah, so you get half bonus points because it says that. Uh, but, but does anyone know? Does anyone know? Does anyone know what chapter and verse in Isaiah? Back then they didn't have, back then they didn't have chapters and verses, they just had giant scrolls. 
And like legitimately Isaiah's scroll was a very, very, very long scroll. And that's why we put chapters and numbers so we wouldn't have to go through it all um, and try and find it. But just so you guys know, write this down in your notes. Underline it in your Bible. Write it down next to it in your Bible. Uh, this is Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3. Okay? And this is a prophetic portion of Isaiah that is referencing the coming Messiah. And so John is proclaiming, I am here proclaiming the Messiah is coming very, very, very soon. So soon, ASAP as Alex says, so soon that he says this in verse 26. He said, I baptize with water, but one stands among you who you do not know. How many of you guys in your Bibles, in John chapter 1, verse 26, the word one there is capitalized. Anyone see the word one there? Yeah. Does anyone have any idea why the word one there is capitalized? Olivia. Yeah, it's Jesus. How can we know it's Jesus? Well, they capitalized it for us, so that's kind of nice of them. But what's another way that we can know it's Jesus? Without looking forward, but actually looking backwards. How can we know? This is what it says here. It says, and this is fun. This is how we can study God's word. It says, uh, one stands among you whom you do not know. What does it say? Just a few verses earlier in verse 10. It says, he was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. So he's referencing, John the Baptist here is referencing the word. Uh, Verse 26 is referencing back to verse 10. Uh, and he's saying, hey, this is the word. This is the light of the world. This is the one. This is Messiah. This is Jesus. And how do we know uh, that this one is Jesus that he's talking about? Well, verse 29 tells us, the next day John saw Jesus coming towards him. And I know I stopped there when we were reading, but I want to just reemphasize that. You're chilling. Okay? They weren't really probably chilling because they were in the desert. And uh, it's kind of hot in the desert. But they were next to the Jordan River. And so it's a dry heat over there. It's not as humid as it is here. So it's dry Mediterranean heat. So they are probably chilling by the river. Nice breeze coming up off the Jordan River. And they're just chilling there. And then all of a sudden, out of the crowd, Jesus comes walking. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. How many of you guys have ever seen Jesus come walking towards you? Yeah, none of us. So we all have not experienced something that cool. Um, so Jesus uh, walking towards, I, I just wish I was there. It would have been sweet to see this. Uh, and John, I mean, this guy's. this is when Jesus is first declared in public to be Messiah. Okay? So this would have been like such a cool place to be because this is the time and place Jesus is publicly declared to be Messiah. And this is what John says. He says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Boom. Done. John's saying, I've been preparing the way of the Lord. Now here is the Lord. And I'm going to show you His way. And He's going to show you His way. Then He goes on to say, uh, This is He of whom I said, After me comes a man who is preferred before me. For He was before me. I did not know Him. Now pause. John just says He did not know Him. But we're referring to His cousin. Of course they knew each other. So what's going on here? Anyone got any guesses? He didn't know he's the Messiah. Boom! Dan Alfonso gets it again. Yeah. John didn't know yet that he was Messiah. He knew Jesus as his cousin. So, how do we know that John now knows he's Messiah? The dove came down. 
Absolutely. The dove comes down. This is what John says just a few verses later. He says, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained upon him. I didn't know he was Messiah, but God, who sent me to baptize people, said the one whom the Holy Spirit descends on and stays, this is the one who will come baptizing in the Holy Spirit. So John, John experiences this miraculous kind of transaction. Jesus' cousin, who is fully man and fully God, but something happens at this moment. Jesus is filled with the full power of the Holy Spirit at this moment, and now this is truly when his ministry begins. And it's like, okay, now I've got the full power of God. John says, you are Messiah, and go. And Jesus is like, I am on my mission. This is pretty cool. Um, Verse 35. See, I told you we could cruise through in sections. You guys didn't think I could get all the way through 51 verses, but we're doing it. We're in 35, and it's not even 8 yet. Woohoo! Kill him! Alright. And again, the next day, John stood with two of his disciples, and looking, he saw Jesus again. Okay, so what can we notice from this? John has been at the river a few days baptizing, and Jesus has been with him. Jesus has been kicking it with his cousin. Okay, How many of you guys got cousins and family members, extended family? Take a little bit of advice from John and from Jesus. Hang out with your family. It's good to hang out with family. That's that's not anything to do with this. But uh, Then it says this. It says, uh, and John saw Jesus and he said, this is... The Lamb of God. And two of John's disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Okay, so now Jesus left for the day. And these two disciples, they follow Jesus. And Jesus turns around and says to them, uh, Hey guys, what are you seeking? And uh, they said, Well, Rabbi, which means teacher, they said, We want to know where you're staying. Okay, how many of you guys, when you've met someone for the first time, you think it's really cool? How many of you guys have ever met like a celebrity or like an athlete or someone who's pretty famous? Yeah. Anyone met anyone like that? Is I normally met Will Ferrell. What's that? Oh, you met Will Ferrell? No, my cousin. Oh. I got a picture with him. Most likes he ever got on Facebook. That's awesome. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. <laughs> I wonder for anyone who's met someone famous, is your first question? So where do you live? No, it's like, can I get an autograph or something like that? But these dudes, they wanted to follow Jesus, okay? Because back then it was a little bit different than just clicking follow on Twitter. Uh, It was like, you followed them, and now when you go to follow somebody, you are now dedicating your life to their teaching and their ministry, okay? So Jesus has been commissioned now to go and do the work of the Lord. Bring the kingdom of God to earth. And so these guys are now going to follow Jesus on his mission. And so just so you guys know, back in the day, uh, that's how it was. If, if you were going to follow someone, if you were going to be someone's disciple, it meant you drop everything and follow them. And Jesus is going to talk more about that in just a little bit. But I, I want you guys to know, in order to be a disciple of Jesus, you got to drop everything. Does that mean you just give up, no more job, become a hippie like John? Uh, and, and just do you think, no, no, it doesn't mean that. But it means your focus changes. And now Jesus is your main focus. Everything else is secondary. Your career. How many of you guys want a career? How many of you guys want to make money? Be honest. I want to make money, okay? Um, but that can't be my first goal. To follow Jesus, 
Someone say, get Richard Dice right. That's awesome. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? Dice right. Okay. Uh, 50 cent. Awesome. Okay. Uh, but money can't be our first goal. Jesus has got to be our first goal. Our career, getting that spot, that job that we want, cannot be our first goal. It's got to be Jesus. Your college degree. How many of you guys are in college? Okay. Your college degree, it's important. But it is not the end all. Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Alex. <laughs> your degree is not what it's all about. It's all about Jesus. Now, your degree comes secondary. But if Jesus is calling you to stop going to school, to pursue Him, stop going to school and pursue Him. Exactly. Seek first the kingdom of God and all else. It's good. It's good. I love it. So they said, where are you staying? And Jesus said, well, hey, come and see. Come and see. And so Jesus here uses these three words, the title of our message. Jesus' model is come and see. I want everyone to write this down. I want everyone to get this like tattooed onto your brain. Okay? Jesus' model is come and see. What is Jesus' model? Come and see. Come and see. Good. Now say it like you mean it. What come is Jesus' see. model? Come, come and see. Very good. Okay, come and see. These are what, Je- I mean, this is the very first thing Jesus tells his people who are following him. Come and see. And that's going to be very important to us as Christians. I'm going to hit on that at the very end of tonight. Uh, but what did they do? This is also important. Jesus said, come and see. And what are the next uh, four words? What are the next four words in that verse? Verse 39. Jesus said, come and see. Next four words. They came and saw. They came and saw. Jesus said something, and they followed what he said. Some people have different versions. My bad. New King James. Um, Here's a little bit of encouragement. In order to be a disciple of Jesus, in order to be someone who's fully devoted following Jesus, when Jesus says something... It's probably a good idea to do it. Jesus says, come and see, so they came and saw. Okay? This is key. It's going to make more sense in a little bit. Um, they came and saw what we were saying, and they remained with him for an hour. I think it, I mean, they remained for him for that day. Um, I think it's important for us to remain with Jesus. Don't you guys think it's important for us to remain with Jesus? Yeah. Amen. Amen. He's there all the time, and he wants us to be with him. So, so one of the two uh, heard John speak, uh, and they followed uh, Jesus. And Andrew, uh, which was Simon Peter's brother. So now we got these two dudes following Jesus, Andrew and Simon Peter. Okay, uh, and so when Andrew uh, finds his brother Peter, he says, "Hey, hey, hey, come, 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 see Jesus." And he comes and he sees Jesus. And Jesus does something pretty cool. Jesus does something that kind of is uh, a theme throughout the Bible. He says a name. Look at this is your name. And he changes the name. So he says, hey, you are Simon, but now you are Cephas. Cephas. Okay? Which means a stone, a rock. Uh, the Greek word here for Cephas is Petrus. And uh, Petrus, most of the times translated, is Peter. Okay, uh, Peter means uh, rock. It means stone. Little Bible trivia, fun fact for you guys. Do you guys know uh, what Simon means? 
You don't know what's happening. Oh, you told me this one. Mm-hmm. This is in Lord of the Flies. Flake, yeah, flake. This is Lord, I don't know. I don't know no. if it's Lord of the Flies. I've no. never read it. But Simon means like flaky. Okay. So Jesus takes someone who's flaky and changes their name to rock. Someone who's solid. Someone who used to get blown and pushed away by the wind. Then now someone who's unmovable, a rock. Another bit of fun trivia for you. Um, when Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, when he's talking to Peter, uh, the Bible says, "On this rock I will build my church." Uh, and many people, like actually millions of billions of people throughout history, have believed that that rock that he will build his church upon uh, is uh, Peter. And so there's a group of people called the Catholic Church. Uh, who believe that the, 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 the church is built upon Peter, not literally like his body and there's a church on top of it, but that uh, Peter was the head of the church because Jesus said so. But that word rock there uh, that is used uh, when Jesus says, upon this rock I build my church, is not the word Petrus. Uh, it's actually uh, a word that means the conglomeration of rocks. And so Peter's name actually doesn't mean Rock, it means stone. And the book of Peter tells us that we are all living stones fashioned together to become the dwelling place of the Lord. So in essence, what Jesus was saying is, upon this conglomeration of rocks, which who are the rocks? Each and every single one of us, and those rocks built together become the church. So, not bashing on the Catholics, but they have their theology wrong. Okay, and uh, we are the church, not Peter was the church. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. That's fun, uh, and it's it's just good stuff. Uh, but this is the part where I really want to get to, and I told Dan I'd get to this by eight oh five, and it's eight o'clock. I'm like I'm like spot on tonight. This is this is pretty rock solid. Not not to pun on the name of Peter by saying this is rock solid. Okay, uh, the following day. The following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee. we got a really lively group tonight. I love it. Uh, the following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee. And so, he found Philip. Okay, so he goes to Galilee. He finds Philip and says, Follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. And now, Philip found Nathaniel. Okay, this is the part. This is the part where I want all your guys' attention for this for the next... Like 15 minutes. We're actually going to finish early tonight. I think we will. Uh, no, it's not gonna, we're not going to finish early. Um, this is really important because this is like the whole crux of everything. Uh, the title of the message, Come and See. Uh, this is Evangelism 101. If you ever want to learn how to tell somebody about your faith, tell somebody about Jesus, this is the blueprint. Okay? This is what it says. Now Philip went and found Nathaniel and said to him, We have found him whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote about. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So in essence, what Philip is saying, is Philip is saying, Corey, can I use you as an example? Everyone say, hi, Nathaniel. Hi, Nathaniel. Corey's playing Nathaniel, okay? I'm Philip. Everyone say, hi, Philip. Hi, Philip. All right, so I come up to Nathaniel, and Philip's probably running because he just met Jesus. So he's like... Nathaniel, Nathaniel. That's probably not what he sounded like, but and he says, he says, I found the one whom Moses in the law and also the prophets were talking about, the Messiah. You know, you know, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Boom. Line up. You get up for Corey. Get up for Corey. Yeah. Okay. 
essence, what Philip is doing is Philip, did someone say he needs an Emmy? That's awesome. So Philip comes up and says, I have found the Messiah. And he starts quoting things. He says, the, the one who Moses in the law talked about. Okay, so like throughout the Old Testament, it was talked about, prophesied about Messiah. The one whom the prophets have talking about. Messiah. I found him. Jesus of Nazareth. Now, does that raise any red flags to anyone? Any red flags? All right, that's probably because that's probably because we're not as versed in the Old Testament as Jewish men were back in the day. The reason why Nathaniel says, "Can anything good come out of Nazareth?" Uh, has been tossed around by theologians for many times. I have my theory, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Um, but some people are like, well, yeah, Nazareth is a little bit like the like the podunk part of the world. Like, can anything good come out of Nazareth? They're just a bunch of backwood idiots, okay? That's kind of like what some people believe it is. I don't even repeat it. I don't know what he said. But I think it is a city in Oregon that starts with E and ends with Stakeda. That's, that's problematic. There's great people there. Uh, and if any of you are from Estacada or have family in Estacada, Estacada is great. I'm talking about Malala. No! I'm talking. I'm joking. No. Great people. Great people. Klamath Fall. No. Uh, Oregon is full of backwoods folks. But none of the Oregon backwoods folks are as bad as the Appalachians in West Virginia. Okay? So they got some backwoods folks that love Jesus. Okay. I lost all of you guys with that. Thank you. Do I sum all of you guys' attention? No. no. Alright, take 30 seconds. Get everything you need out of you. You got 30 seconds to make as much noise as you need. And then, okay. Go ahead. as much hex. Alright, back. 30 seconds is over. 30 seconds is over. Okay. I did say claim the false. You did? I did. I said Malala, then I said claim the false. Alright. Alright. We're done. We're done. Back to the message. Back to the message. Back to the message. My goodness. Wow. Okay. So the reason, the reason why Phil, why Nathaniel says, can anything good come out of Nazareth, is because Nathaniel knew the scriptures. And the scriptures talked about how Messiah will come out of Bethlehem. And so when Philip says, I found the Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth, red flags. Nothing good can come from Nazareth because Messiah is coming from Bethlehem. So this then raises the, the problem. Now the reason why this all happens, Jesus was born in Bethlehem, remember? But then something happened, like Herod was killing a bunch of babies, and so an angel told them to move down to Egypt, so they moved down to Egypt to fulfill the prophecy that out of Egypt I will call, right, my Messiah, boom, and then he goes to Nazareth, okay, and that's where he's raised, okay? Does that make sense? Okay, so... Philip, all he knew was, hey, that's Jesus of Nazareth. Because that's where Jesus was raised, but it's not where he was born. So, when Nathaniel says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? He's challenging Philip. He's saying, Philip, you have not found Messiah. I get this idea that Philip was kind of, and this is extra biblical, but this is just great for narrative. Uh, I've got this just picture in my mind that Philip was kind of the guy who like, he heard something, he saw it, and he like really, really liked it, so he like 
went all out for it. Philip was probably a lot like me, okay? I'm the kind of guy who, when I learn something new, it becomes like everything to me. I'm like, oh my goodness. And like, I get like hobbies and I stick to a hobby for a long time and I can only have like one at a time because it's like the coolest thing ever. And, and, yeah. and so, and so, uh, Philip, he doesn't know all the answers, but he thinks he does. He's like, I got it all! And then Nathaniel's actually like the smart one who's like, uh, no, let's go check the books. I think you're wrong on that. And so he's like, ah, dang it, I thought Star Wars was real. And uh, I mean, that's kind of what was going on. But Nathaniel, Jesus even says of Nathaniel, he says, here's an Israelite in whom there's no deceit. This dude knows what's going on. Okay? And so what does Philip say when he is questioned and confronted about his faith, about what he believes in? What does Philip say? He says, come and see. He follows the example of what Jesus said. Jesus said, you got questions? Come and see. I'll show you it all. And so Philip, he said, come and see. Come and see. Nathaniel asked him a question about his faith. And Philip did not know the answer. How many of you guys have ever been asked a question about your faith that you did not know the answer to? I mean... I think everybody has been asked a question about their faith. I've been asked a question about my faith that I don't understand. And I, more often than not, and maybe you've been in the same pair of shoes I have, I, more often than not, to, to save face and to not feel like I don't know all the answers, you just try and like make up an answer. And you're like, I think this sounds biblical, so I'm going to go with it. How many of you guys have ever done the, I think this sounds biblical, so I'm going to go with it route? Anyone ever do that before? Yeah. yeah. Well, I want to just let you know, from personal experience, from personal experience, uh, that does more harm than good. Yeah. Okay? What do you try and, I don't know, so I'm going to just make this up. Maybe it sounds good. Maybe it doesn't. It does more harm. Now, here's the thing. There's no harm done in saying, you know, I don't know the answer, but I'm going to find out. Or, even better, I don't know the answer, but I know someone who probably does. Come and see. Come and see. Okay? This is a tool for each and every single one of us that we can use. Because you're going to be asked questions about your faith. You're going to be asked questions about your faith that you are not going to know the answers to. Okay? It's just a given. Okay? You can't possibly know every single thing in here. Uh, And if you do... Uh, you're awesome, you're the first person, and you can have my job, okay? Um, Because there's so much in here. There's so much in here. And you can spend a lifetime studying God's Word through and through and through, and you still couldn't even tap the top of it. So do you think when we go to heaven we're getting there? Absolutely, absolutely. Because God, the Bible tells us, uh, that's a good question, because... The question was, if you didn't hear Ben, well, if we don't know everything now, when we get to heaven, will we know what God's word truly means? Uh, the Bible tells us in Corinthians that now we see uh, as in a mirror dimly, but when we get there, we will see everything full. Okay? And, 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 and so we're like looking at this, we're like, I think I know what this means. Holy Spirit, help me understand it. But when we get to heaven, we're not going to need the Holy Spirit to help us understand because we're going to be in the presence of God, and it's going to be made 100% known to us. So, very good question, very good question. But, there are people who know more than we do, okay? There's people who know more than me. There's people who know more than my dad, okay? There's people who know more than any of us, okay? And so, a great tool for you 
as someone who was telling people about Jesus. Now, the reason why I say telling people about Jesus, what did Jesus tell us to do with his very last words? He said, go into all the world and make disciples. And then what does he do? He says, teaching them to observe the things which I taught. What does observe mean? It means they had to come and see. They came and saw. So now go teach what you came and saw. Okay? And so that's what we are called to do. We're called, called, we're called to go tell people what we have came and saw. That's what witness means. Did you guys know that's what witness means? Okay, when we hear witness in the church, we like think, oh yeah, it means go knock on doors and tell people about Jesus. No, the word witness is it's a legal term. It's a courtroom term. A witness is someone who testifies the things that they have seen and heard. Okay? And so we are to testify the things which we have seen and heard. The things which we have come and seen or come and saw. Um, so this is uh, a great, great tool for us. Uh, and we have uh, the whole outcome of what happens when someone comes and sees. So Nathaniel's like, alright, I'll come and see. You're going to have friends who say, alright, you don't know the answer, but I respect you because you didn't try and make something up. So I'm going to try and learn this with you. And they're going to come and see. And so you might bring them to church. You might bring them to Ecclesia. You might bring them to uh, Girls and Guys Life Group. You might bring them to a bunch of different places. You might just bring them to the Bible. It's like, hey, let's figure it out together. Wikipedia, boom, boom, boom. Don't use Wikipedia, use Blue Letter Bible. It's a lot better. But uh, completely different topic. Um, but this is what happens when people come and see. This is really cool. Because when people come and see, they experience Jesus. When people come and see, they experience Jesus. This is what happens. Now Jesus saw Nathaniel coming towards him. Okay. Earlier we talked about how cool it would be if we could see Jesus coming towards us. How cool it would be if we could, if Jesus could see us coming towards Him. It's pretty cool, uh, and, and He is seeing us coming towards Him. It's our, it's our walk and our faith. But here's the deal: uh, Nathaniel's coming with Philip, uh, and and Jesus kind of catches Nathaniel off guard because as come be Nathaniel again, Corey. Now go over there and start walking up. Give it up for Nathaniel again. Yay! Emmy Award winning actor Corey Smith back for the... Alright. <laughs> so, Jesus sees Nathaniel from a distance off and says, Yo, Nathaniel! says, This is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. And, and Nathaniel's like, How do you know me? How do you know me? And then, and then Jesus says this. He says, Nathaniel, before Philip came to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Get up for Corey one more time. Now Dan asked the question, why is this important? Why is this important? Why is it important that Jesus says something about a fig tree? What is the importance of the fig tree? Uh, now, we don't actually, uh, it, it's not implicitly said in Scripture, um, but many great theologians, uh, and less great theologians like myself, um, I would hold to um, that Nathaniel, being a man of the Scripture, uh, he probably followed the example of like David, of like Daniel, who would wake up early in the morning, go to their secret place, and seek the Lord and praise the Lord. Uh, so Nathaniel was in a secret place, most likely, under the fig tree. It was like his hiding place. Did any of you guys have like a secret place where you go and you just seek the Lord, where no one else knows where you are, and it's like, 
Where'd they go? Like, and they're just seeking the Lord. Okay, I do. And the Bible tells us we should do that. So if you don't, find a place where you can seek the Lord uninterrupted by anybody. And so, uh, Jesus says, Yo, Nathaniel, I saw you underneath the, like, like, like underneath the fig tree. And at that moment, Nathaniel experiences Jesus. Because he knows, he knows, only God knows that that's my place. Not even my mom and dad, not even my brother. Only God knows, because I go here to seek the Lord. And Jesus says, I saw you chilling under the fig tree. And, and Nathaniel goes, oh my gosh, you are God. You are Messiah. This is what, I'm not even going to try and say what Nathaniel says. Nathaniel says, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. In essence, Jesus, you're Messiah. My brother Philip was right. I guess something good can come out of Nazareth. You are Messiah. And at this moment, because Philip, Philip's kind of the hero of the story here. Nathaniel's kind of the hero in that he had, he knew the scriptures, he had a secret place. Jesus is kind of the hero because he's the hero of the universe. But Philip's really the hero of this story because Philip had the boldness and Philip had the wherewithal to say, you know what, I don't know all the answers, but come and see. Come and see. And it's because Philip planted that seed, come and see, that then Nathaniel could come and experience the power of Jesus. Experience the power of the Holy Spirit. Experience the power and love of the Father. All because someone said, come and see. And so I want to encourage you guys uh, with, with, with that phrase, come and see. And Jesus encourages him even more about this. This is really cool. And this is like the cool thing for you guys and for the people who you are going to tell Come and see. Because then Jesus talks to Philip, uh, I mean, talks to Nathaniel in verse 15. He says, Now, Nathaniel, was it just because I said I saw you under the fig tree that you believed in me? And I I can just picture Nathaniel at this point. The reason why we don't have words of Nathaniel answering that is because Nathaniel probably didn't have words to say. He's just like, you know? And and he's like, oh. And and, and Jesus is like, you believe that, but I'm going to guarantee you this. You're going to see even some crazier stuff after this. Jesus did some pretty crazy stuff, like raising people from the dead, raising himself from the dead, okay? Uh, And here's the thing. When you tell people, come and see, and they experience Jesus, here's a promise from God. That when they experience Jesus for that very first time, that's just the tip of the iceberg for your life in Christ. For those of you who have given your life to Jesus, uh, you know that meeting Jesus for the first time, that was great. But your life as a Christian just continues to get greater and greater and greater as you walk with God. And when you come and see, you will come and see, 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 and continue to see more and more and more great things. And that's what Jesus tells us. And that's what Jesus encourages us. So you might have friends. And I'm going to invite Bo. Bo, can you come up? Uh, and let's do that song, How Great Thou Art. Because I think that's just uh, good for uh, closing. But you might have friends. Um, you might be someone uh, who needs to come and see. Um, but you might have friends. Actually, I know you have friends uh, who need to come and see and who need to experience Jesus for the first time. So I want to encourage you guys. Uh, we're not going to do any fancy altar call or anything like that. Um, I want you guys, uh, because we talked about a secret place tonight, uh, I want you guys, uh, if you're someone who wants a little more boldness, 
You want to be filled a little bit more with the Spirit, filled anew. Um, so that you have, you have the boldness to say to all your friends, hey, come and see, come and see, come and see. Or maybe you're s- s- someone who's here uh, who's saying, I want to come and see. I want to come and see. Well, the Bible tells us if you come and see, you'll experience Jesus. And the Bible tells us that if you uh, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, then you will be saved. And anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So you can come and see and you can come experience tonight. Um, but I want you to go to your secret place um, because I think it's a good practice. Go where only God can see you. Go where only Jesus can see you. Uh, and, and say, Jesus, I want more boldness. I want more boldness. I want to, to, to be able to tell my friends. I want to be able to tell those people that I work with. I want to be able to know that I can say, come and see. Give me the boldness. Give me the boldness. And he will. And he will. So as Bo, uh, as Bo begins to play, I'm going to invite you guys to stand. Uh, we're going to pray. Uh, and then we're going to just join together and sing the song. All as one, one big group. And then we're going to go and we're going to fellowship from this place. Uh, but dear God, we just thank you so much for your word. God, we thank you for who you are. Uh, God, we thank you that you've given us the example. God, when you called your first two disciples, and they asked you a question, you said, come and see. And they came and saw. And God, Philip, using that example, he said, you know what, Nathaniel, I don't got all the answers, but come and see. And God, when Nathaniel came and saw, he experienced Jesus. God, we thank you for the opportunity that each and every single one of us had when we came and saw and we experienced you. God, I pray that that would not just be a single occurrence, but God, that we would come and see daily. God, that we would tell our friends and they would come and see daily. And we would experience the fullness and the power of Jesus, the resurrection power of the Messiah. God, the power from your Holy Spirit. So God, we thank you and we praise you. And God, tonight we just declare as one group and as one people, God, we're just going to declare how great you are. So we thank you, God, and we praise you. In your name we pray. Amen.